Kennesaw State Athletics, Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment, and HelloFresh present Inside the Nest, an inside look at Kennesaw State University football. Fourth down, about two inches to go. Under center is Murphy. Everybody jammed in tight again. Murphy runs it left. Touchdown! Touchdown, Jonathan Murphy! And now, let's go Inside the Nest. Inside the Nest, presented by HelloFresh. Brian Giffen with Brandon Joseph joining us as Nathan McCreary's busy moving this week. The nerve of him, it's spring ball 2020. It is raining, we're at the perch, we are in one of the team rooms here so that we can protect our equipment and stay dry to a degree ourselves. BJ, it's good to see you. Obviously, there's a lot of news surrounding the Owls as we're about a week and a half into spring ball here. New defensive coordinator, Danny Verpale, promoted to that position from safeties coach. And Greg Harris joins the staff as linebackers coach. So, you know, the one thing you get when you promote a guy that's an internal option as a defensive coordinator, there's really not going to be a whole lot of change schematically, maybe just a tweak here and there. Yeah, absolutely. Terminology probably will change a little bit. Of course, Danny coming to the program from Kennesaw State was the defensive coordinator before, so he has his own philosophies. Yep. But spring ball is the only opportunity in which players can win jobs. You head in to practices right before the season, and for the most part in spring also, you can lose jobs. But spring definitely is the only place in which you can win a job. You can put that jersey on, impress the coaches with enough time for them to go back and look and say, you know what, this kid is something special. How can we work him in to our offense or our defense? The last time we got together, of course, was National Signing Day, the event at Dry County Brewery. And one of the things I think that's exciting is that there are a handful of guys that are actually already on campus. Hence, they're already out there trying to win those aforementioned jobs. Yeah, the quickest way to get on the field is to be an early enrollee, and that starts sophomore year in high school. You have to have it in your plan. You have to have it in the mind to get the academics in order so you can present yourself with the best opportunity to make it on the field early. And a lot of those kids, they had their books right, and they were able to get on the field now and practice and even if they don't end up seeing the field during game situations in their freshman year, the amount of learning that they're able to do now, they're able to absorb in, is going to pay dividends not just this year, which I know we have to keep the focus on, sure. but three, four years down the line when these kids are redshirt juniors and redshirt sophomores. You look back at the 2019 season and, of course, what unfolded. You know, you make it two rounds into the FCS playoffs, and you win a playoff game on the road with arguably your third or maybe even fourth. It was the fourth quarterback that had played, at least, for the Owls in 2019. The expectations between those developments and the youth of the team, by and large, and then, of course, the best signing class, as many have acknowledged in the history of the program, expectations ought to be pretty high going into 2020. Oh, no doubt. You take a look at all the magazines and all the print-ups about recruiting classes. Kennesaw State had a great recruiting class Elite by FCS standards, yeah. but even when you take a look at the all of college football rankings, Kennesaw State's in the top 150. That That's crazy considering that there are 130 yeah. FBS programs, so Kennesaw State is in, in the top 20 after that. So it is amazing what they're able to do, and word travels, and not just in a local sense, but these kids want to be here, but also in a national sense, also adjoining states, Tennessee, Alabama. We know Coach Bohannon doesn't have to go far to find talent. He can stick for the most part in the metro Atlanta area, and that's where Kennesaw State is really reaping the benefits of winning and making it to 
you know, national prominence in playoff appearances and being on SportsCenter, whether it's cool jerseys or great plays. Yeah. You know, the other thing that happens that's kind of a residual effect of the success and the splash this program has made is not only do you make yourself stronger, but you make other programs in the region have to work that much harder to recruit players. And a lot of times you get players they were after, meaning you know, your SOCON opponents and your, you know, other Big South opponents for that matter. Really, it's a twofold process where not only has Kennesaw State gotten good in a hurry, but they've also made teams around them have to work that much harder to stay good. Yeah, you make other programs Wofford. How many guys on that Wofford game did we see were local Atlanta players, local Atlanta products? Wofford coaches coming back to the (laughs) Kennesaw State program. Those are things you have to worry about, not just players, not just high school players, and even players that may want to transfer out. If you're on an FBS level, you know, Andrew Butcher coming from Tennessee. You have guys transferring in from Georgia Tech at times. You also have to make sure your coaches stay. You have to re-recruit your coaches. If you're a head coach, that is the toughest thing. Recruiting the players is tough enough, but recruiting coaches to make sure they want to stick around because Kennesaw State is a great opportunity. If you get the phone call, just like Blake Harrell got the phone call to be an FCS defensive coordinator, an FBS defensive coordinator, you want to take that call. But if Brian Bohannon calls and say, hey, you know I'm top. You know I'm going to make the playoffs. You know this. You know that. That's an intriguing option. That's scary for a lot of coaches regionally. You know, one of the things the first couple of years, and there were notable one or two exceptions, the coaching staff largely stayed intact. But, of course, after the 2018 season, you lose four defensive coaches, as we talked a lot about. This year, your defensive coordinator and your quarterback's coach will have both Coach Verpeil on in a little bit. and We'll also have Greg Harris on in a little bit, the new linebackers coach here with Kennesaw State. But, yeah, as you pointed out, I mean, they don't go looking to pluck coaches off of teams that go three and eight success breeds success but it also creates the challenge of trying to keep the ball rolling and try to keep the culture in place yeah and coach Bohannon always has talked about the culture but that doesn't necessarily always mean paying dividends with the players on the field that means with the coaches too to where coaches step into the program and I remember the first time talking to Blake Harrell before the first game of the season he talked about stepping in as defensive coordinator he felt that he more so had to adjust to what Kennesaw State was about than making that defensive room adjust to what Blake Harrell was about. And I think that's the biggest thing. That's where culture really pays the dividends to where pieces can interchange. This will be their third defensive coordinator in three years, and we don't expect a fall off in any way, shape, or form. And based on the gains that we saw last year, we actually expect them to start the year much better than what they started 2019. I'm intrigued to see, and we'll get Coach Verpale's thoughts on this in a little bit, I'm intrigued to see how the defensive end room shakes out because, you know, you do graduate Desmond Johnson, who obviously in the brief history of the program has been one of the brightest spots on the defensive side of the ball for the Owls the last several years. And on the other side, you lose Andrew Butcher, who, as you talked about, transferred in from Tennessee. It's a shame, I think, that the injuries befelled Andrew Butcher the way they did to where we didn't get to see what he fully could have been here. Yeah, that's the toughest part for us, I think, being around these kids, we get to know them. We get to know the great character. That's yeah. The talent pales to the character of 99.999% of the kids that come through this program. And Andrew Butcher, the one thing that in talking to him a lot during these trips and after practices, the one thing that he really wanted to bestow on the Parkers and the Moors are the yeah. leadership aspect on what they are missing. When he's not in the game, he is imparting his knowledge of the game he played in the SEC school. He knows what it takes to be 
at the highest level. So to impart any wisdom, these guys can't help but pick it up through osmosis. And then you get a Bryson Armstrong who has won every award yeah. imaginable for his position yeah. coming into his final year. And we know about the leadership that he puts on the field. But that starts from Bryson Armstrong telling me when he was a freshman, learning from Taylor Hankel. And that's yeah. the process, the filter down effect that is really Kennesaw State football. And it goes back to culture. You know, as we've talked a lot about, that's been a real common word for us now the last couple of years. On the other side of the ball, while Daniel David, of course, moves on, one would think anyway that Tommy Bryant assumes to QB1, although that's a tough assumption to make at this stage because you really are three deep and you just recruited two more. So you have five really talented quarterbacks in the program. Tommy looked very sharp out here on the wet practice fields here in spring ball. And so did Jonathan Murphy. That position, certainly, while it needs to be deep because of the pounding and the style of the offense, certainly appears to be in very good hands. Yeah, and Tommy Bryant, the feel in which Tommy Bryant led this offense when he came in to spell Daniel David was just different. We couldn't really, you know, qualify it. It just felt different when he was on the field, and I think that's the big thing for Tommy Bryant. That's what he has going for him. Not to say that, you know, Xavier and Jonathan don't have that qualities about them. It's just Tommy has played for three years in this system, in this program, and guys will look around him, especially when it's go time. And I think that's going to be the key from Coach Bohan, and I'll be very interested as we get closer to that first game of the season. How does he make sure that these guys operate with a sense of urgency that we saw with the last seven games of the season that they didn't necessarily have the first four games of the season? But I think Tommy Bryant brings that. Tommy Bryant is a 100 all the time. He comes out, he's always ready to go, and he always wants to perform at a high level. And I think Kennesaw State will benefit from that, at least to start the season. Well, and there's no doubt that I think the way they've handled the quarterback position, and again, this goes back to the pounding and the nature of the offense, but integrating him and getting him playing time in every game and, and putting him in in key situations in every game, and then, of course, by necessity later in the year, he really was a de facto leader, not a co-starter per se, but by late in the year, of course, he was just as equipped to lead the offense as Daniel David was. Yeah, always taking those mental reps. Those are the things that... You know, you look at on the sideline and talking to Coach Chestnut about it at various points during the season, how important was Tommy Bryant on that sideline, paying attention, keying in plays, being in the weight room and the locker room and things like that, and he checked the boxes on all those those things. So I think that's going to be the big thing. And Coach Worley, before he left here, he sung so many praises towards Tommy Bryant. I think that's the thing that's going for him, the fact that, He's done all the right things, and coaches who are not here anymore, but the coaches who are here recognize what he's able to do and what he's able to contribute, and you get a quarterback coach that is just slightly removed from this program. The lingo hasn't changed that much, if at all, so the relatability from Tommy Bryant and Chandler Burks, I think that's huge. I think the other areas that are really intriguing as we sit here in spring ball, and a lot of battles will begin to shake themselves out leading up to the spring game, the two-back room, for one. Obviously, Kyle Glover is the returning veteran guy. We saw at least a hint of Preston Daniels. You know, Cade Radham's a guy we would certainly expect to see more of. But a lot of question marks there about who ascends into key playing time roles. Gone is Sam Outlaw, and of course, Bronson Recksteiner has graduated. You expect another year of development from these receivers that really there were a lot of question marks last year. Caleb O'Neill 
had a nice year. K.J. Hancock is a guy that's a veteran that transferred from the FBS level and had glimmers and had a couple of great catches. But these guys also really did a good job blocking down the field, which, of course, is really the key thing that they have to do in this offense. Yeah, and I think you know just as well talking to Caleb he loves that aspect of it. He loves yeah. that nature of blocking, and he doesn't care about stats. That's the biggest thing from the receiver position here at Kennesaw State. You're not going to get stats, but you're going to get chances yeah. at times when you need to capitalize on those chances. Justin Sumter was a rarity here and able to accumulate those stats, but also loved the physical nature, nature but in that rarity, you need to replicate that. And I think Caleb O'Neill replicates that. Is he going to go out jump somebody in the corner of the end zone on a fade route? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that's his game. And he'll be the first to tell you that's not his game. But he will do the other things of making sure he engages the block 15, 20 yards downfield yeah. and then disengage and go find another block. And that's what Coach Bohannon loves more. And as far as that two-back position, I really think Brandon Simmons – when yeah, he that's was the name on the I field, field at times, we thought that he could be something special. He just didn't see the field as much, and maybe he can earn those reps here at spring ball, and that's where we talked about winning a job. Maybe he can win a job right here on spring because he checks all the boxes when you walk off the bus of what you want that position to be, a pounder, a guy who can go right through the middle and create opportunities and also carry the ball. Yeah, another guy that you'd like to see move more significantly into the, the a prominent receiving role is Ryan Prontrell who started a handful of games last year. We saw more of him early in the year than we did later in the year, but this is another guy that it's going to be important for him to step up and take on more of a role in that room. Yeah, it's going to be with those guys, especially KJ and Pontrelli, getting better with your routes. And, you know, you can solve the blocking part, hit the right weight room a little bit harder, pay more attention to the technique of blocking, but running that route tree is going to be crisp. And I think that was the biggest thing with Pontrelli. Every route, whether it's a dummy route, whether it's a target route, or whether you're the second or third option, you need to run every route. Like you're the primary option because you never know when that gets fouled away and you can go back to it or what your deception will lead to. A lot of things are run in tandem. The run game is a lot of times run off the passing routes and things like that and making sure the safety is out of position when the run comes in to fill. And I think that's where the wideouts kind of slipped a little bit as the season progressed on, especially early in the season when things were just trying to gel together. So I think those guys getting that crisp together, the little things, and make sure you do the little things all the time, I think that's going to be their important part, their key to making sure that they contribute and see the field during critical downs. Well, we're going to step aside and take a quick time out here. When we come back, we'll visit with the new defensive coordinator here at Kennesaw State, that being Danny Verpale, who, of course, is in his second year on the staff, but ascends to the role of defensive coordinator here with the Owls. More after this time out, you're listening to Inside the Nest. It is presented, as always, by HelloFresh. And we're back with more after this. You're listening to Kennesaw State University Football. Hey, if you're looking to solve your dinner dilemma and are interested in the concept of meal kit delivery, HelloFresh is your go-to for healthy eating, sustainability, simplicity, and affordability. HelloFresh delivers perfectly portioned meals, including calorie-smart and vegetarian options, as well as plans for specialty diets like keto, vegan, and gluten-free. HelloFresh offers a variety of plans that aren't just healthy for you, but also the environment. HelloFresh is trusted by millions as an easy, fun, and affordable way to cook. With more five-star reviews than any other meal kit delivery service, HelloFresh was also voted number one best meal delivery service by USA Today. To check out our affordable plans and learn more about healthy eating made simple, go to HelloFresh.com today. 
After another record-breaking year and a third straight trip to the FCS playoffs, season ticket renewals are now open for the 2020 Kennesaw State football season. The Owls are the most successful five-year startup program in college football history and join national champions North Dakota State as the only FCS programs to post 11-plus win seasons in each of the last three years. In just five seasons, Kennesaw State has turned into a perennial top 25 program. Take advantage of your opportunity to renew your season tickets today. The 2020 schedule features six home games as Kennesaw State goes for its third Big South Conference title in the last four years. Along with creating lower ticket prices and a new benefits chart, the goal is to provide additional value for loyal season ticket holders and give fans the option to renew their same seats at a lower cost or upgrade into better sections or premium areas. To renew your season tickets or to be put on a waiting list to buy new ones, go to ksuowls.com tickets or call 470-KSU-OWLS. Tommy, after a little play fake, drops to throw, airs it down the field, Terry, Terry's got it, touchdown! Terry down the near sideline, bumped as the ball was en route, slightly underthrown, and Tommy finds him for a 26-yard score. Inside the Nest, presented by HelloFresh, Brian Giffen, Brandon Joseph. Joining us now is new Owls defensive coordinator, Danny Verpale, and here we sit a, a little more than a year after we first met you. When you first got here, things have moved awfully quickly, as they sometimes do in this business. First, congratulations on the opportunity for you. What are your thoughts on being the guy now that's going to make the defensive calls? Well, uh, I'm, I'm extremely blessed. I'm excited about it. It's a great place to be, and I'm just fired up. I got this opportunity, and Coach Bo Hannon and uh, everyone in the administration, uh, it's just such a special place, and I'm, I'm really fortunate. And, you know, they said the Lord has a plan, so he had one, and I'm happy. Talk about coming in last year, getting to know the guys, and now you ascend to this role as defensive coordinator, a position you're familiar with uh, coming from Valdosta State, but, you know, scheming and wording and phrasing are always different in between person to person. So how much of that have you decided to change internally as a group, or was it just easier to stick with what Coach Harrell was doing and trying to implement last year? It's, it's nice coming in now because last year we were trying to figure out each other, the coaches, yeah. and we're trying to figure out the players. Now we've established relationship and a bond so they kind of know my quirks and I know theirs so, so that's great being a year into it because you've built that relationship and trust which is the most important thing then secondly you know with the verbiage there's about 45 55 defensive players and there's five defensive coaches and GA they don't need to learn a whole new language yeah. I don't want them to learn Spanish now I'll learn Chinese <laughs> so the coaches it's our job to, to take that language and take the verbiage and keep it easiest for them. And you know, obviously you self-scout yourself after each, each year and you want to make tweaks and adjustments and that's every school in the country. So we'll do that. But we want to try to keep it as same as possible uh, from last year and put the pressure on the coaches. So I have to learn some new stuff, so we're going through that, but I'd rather be me than them. Well, schematically, of course, you're still going to be a 4-2-5 type of team, and you have your pieces in place, a lot of them that are going to play key roles, but you also have some exciting youngsters that are going to be pressed into key roles, particularly the defensive ends come to mind, depth-wise, certainly at this point, and probably some guys in the back end as well. Yeah, you know, we'll base out of that, and we'll be very multiple, and, and – Obviously, the scheme, we have to go around the players we have. And every year, you have a different set of players. So you got to be able to adapt your scheme to that. And we got a lot of young freshmen who have a lot of talent. And they're going to be really good football players for us. And they're kind of figuring it out right now. So we got to find ways to put those guys on the field and get our best 11 guys on the field. And then, uh, 
you know, do some sub packages and basically adjust to what we need to with the personnel that we got. As a coach, you don't really want to have to play, let's say, 22 defensive guys during a game. You kind of want to keep that number to maybe 16, 17 in terms of just guys on the field when you are calling plays because you don't want to worry about that guy coming in and not being as keyed in on the game. So just talk about how you identify, you know, the starting 11 and then those type of guys that you can see can be contributors, especially when you need them, let's say, in case of an injury or in a critical situation. Well, you know, to me, it's are you above the line or below the line? Do we trust you? Can we win with you? And we want to build depth throughout the season. And the first game, we might not, you know, the guy's still figuring it out, but by game five, he might be able to come in and contribute. And, and we just have to identify guys that we can trust that can go out there that can help us win a championship. Obviously, I'd like to have about 26. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. then you can get fresh bodies on the field, and, and you don't want to hinder your play column based off of, oh, someone's in. The next guy steps in the role. He needs to know what's going on. It's his job to do that. And so you don't have to uh, change things schematically. Now, obviously, you want to be smart in certain situations, but I believe you've got to create depth, and those guys got to have the knowledge. And then some of those new guys or younger guys who don't have as much experience start to gain that throughout the year because if you, if you want to make a championship run, People are going to get banged up. People yep. are going to get hurt. So you, not, you need to have the next guy ready to go, and it can't fall off. So that's kind of how we're trying to build things and structure things right now throughout camp and throughout summer. So those three, you know, I don't like saying ones, twos, and threes. I like to sure. say, hey, who can we trust? Who can help us win? Who's above the line? The next guy to get ready to go. The four-game redshirt rule really has kind of revolutionized how you'd approach that as well. Has it not in that? You can give guys looks in some games maybe where you're up by substantial margins, things like that, and get these guys practical on the field experience so they kind of get accustomed to and or acclimated to the speed of the game at this level, the size of the opponents, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it's awesome. You know, those guys get that experience and game time. There's nothing like that. And to be able to do, uh, go out there and do that, that, that's really big. You see the bigger schools holding it to the playoffs or sure. to their, their championship game, and you have some really talented freshmen that can play. But then there might be injury. But So you got to just uh, – every year Coach Bo does a great job of assessing that and how many games guys can play in. And we had a lot of guys who were starting or backups – that were freshmen that were using that four game just based on the depth and how the season went because every year it's a little bit different. So coming from Division Two, we didn't have that. We just had who's healthy, who can go. Yep, yep. So it, it was awesome. <laughs> it's a learning experience for me. And I think Coach has done a really good job managing that, and we're all on the same page. So I think it's a big help. The thing that we talked about in the opening of this podcast was early enrolling, getting guys into school to get them on the field because you win jobs in spring. There's not really a lot of opportunity to win jobs two weeks before the season begins. And I remember playing in high school, I had a coach look at me and say, we win jobs in spring, except for you, Joseph. You ain't winning nothing. So you just might as well just sit over there and pay attention. But for the most part, these guys are coming in here, especially the freshmen who are just stepping on to college. So talk about how you evaluate spring ball and opportunities for those guys to get on the field. What does winning a job look like to you in spring ball? Um, you know, by the end of spring, we want to say, hey, can we trust the guy or can we not? Is he there yet or is he getting there? And they're going to get their opportunities because we're going to get so many reps and people get nicked up because it's just the nature of the game and how we practice. And they could be a freshman from high school or they could be a redshirt freshman on the scout team. They're going to get ample amount of reps and they're going to get their chance to flash. And when they get the chance to seize that moment, Coach Bo said tonight, uh, and I don't know if you guys ever heard that Wally Pipp story, you know, hey, if that guy goes down, that's a, yeah. that's a great opportunity for you to step up. And we take note of that. And then that guy starts to build and earn trust, special teams and so on and so forth. So the film 
is going to tell us in the scrimmages, and then it's just got to continue to build from there on because you'll see them start to flash. And once they start to get it, some guys, they get it the first year, some the second year, some it's the third year, and something usually just clicks. And you're like, okay, he's starting to figure it out. You know, there will be a lasting affinity for the OGs around here, the guys that really were here at the beginning. And much was made earlier this year when Chandler Burks came back as a quarterback coach. And, of course, Jake, second year now as an assistant coach on the offensive side. Talk a little about the addition of Nick Snowden, another of those guys that was really a hardworking lunch pail defensive back, you know, a guy, a position you're near and dear to. What are your thoughts on having him to help out on your staff and the influence as a guy who helped shape and build this thing from the beginning? Well, I think he can be a great mentor, and it's got to mean something special to him because he built this thing. He went through the tough times. and So he can look at those players and say, hey, you know, you're representing me, but I've also been through it so he can relate to them. So I think it's dear to someone and very special when they did it from the ground up from the beginning. And to have those guys around that they can lean on, that they can talk to, have been through those hard times, I think is invaluable. You know, and he's a very intelligent, very bright kid. I'm really excited to have him, uh, getting to know him. And, heck, he's, we're, we're doing some of the same defenses he was doing. Yeah. And he was like, hey, coach, we, we did like this. I said, yeah, Nick, you're right. That's good. Go coach it up. <laughs> so, uh, but having him around is awesome. And we're really excited to get him and Chandler and Jake just because those guys, you know, it's, it's special, man. When you start something from, from scratch – and now you're putting your stamp on and watch it grow. That's really special. How, how do you feel knowing that you have a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes who can go play, you can just put them out there, and you can trust them at their position, and then you get to other positions, and you f- know that you're going to have to coach them up. You have to be a little more attentive to that. Does it give you a little bit of comfort knowing you have, especially the linebackers, a lot of dudes that you go, you guys, you guys got it. You guys know what you're doing. So go handle it so I can spend more time working at other areas. Yeah, you want, to, you want to get those guys that, that you know that you can trust to start bringing along and taking that leadership role and picking up and bringing those other guys with them and then pointing a couple things out that they need to work on. And then how can – it's not about you, it's about your teammates and how you can get your teammates to perform better and how you can build that depth and start that whole leadership and start take the thing where we don't always have to do it. Y'all patrol it and manage it, you know, be the managers of the defense. So having those older guys, and we're going to try to push their buttons and try to stress them to see how they handle it because adversity illuminates character. So we're always going to put them in adverse situations. But it's good to have some older guys that can go grab some of these young guys and say, hey, I was, I was in your shoes, man. Come on. I'm going to get you through this. That's the, the great thing to watch and see. You know, the perception outside of the sport by a lot of people is that coaching is kind of this glamorous profession and all that stuff. And, of course, you guys work harder than anybody I know. But you also shared some great stories with us a year ago about some of the things that you went through along the way. Just, you know, living in an office, if I remember right. But these are dues that you pay along the way. You look back on some of those experiences, and here you are now, suddenly, a defensive coordinator at the Division One level. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's crazy. I've lived in five or six different states, lived in an office on a couch, you know, <laughs> had an old Ford Taurus, and I drove it to the wheels fell off. And uh, it is kind of crazy. You kind of pay your dues. Uh, not a lot of people just jump in, and all of a sudden they're coaching at Georgia. It doesn't really happen like that. People yeah. think that, but really that's not the case. Uh, there's a lot of really good coaches that, that don't get this opportunity. So I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I was in the right place at the right time, and Coach Bohannon gave me the, uh, an opportunity, and I had to be ready to seize that. And uh, 
it's awesome because we're around great people and we're living in a great city and around really good football players and a great program. So I'm extremely excited. You know, I've lived in some cold places, <laughs> some places in the middle of nowhere. You played in a really warm one, though. Yeah, well, I'm from Florida, so you know, I, I spent 22 years on there. So, uh, you know, I can't complain about that, but we're one state away, so it's not too bad. Well, Coach, congratulations on the opportunity for you. Obviously, we're all excited about what promises to be a, a very exciting and dynamic 2020 Owls team. There's a lot to look forward to here. Yeah, we're excited about the, the rest of the spring and summer and getting these guys going, and hopefully we can crank it up and take it to the next level. That's the goal. All right, well, congratulations again on the opportunity. Thanks so much for coming in out of the rain to hang out with us inside the nest, and we'll look forward to seeing you as spring ball progresses. All right, y'all have a good one. Thanks, guys. All right, Danny Verpale, the defensive coordinator here now at Kennesaw State, spending some time with us inside the nest. And joining us now is new Owls linebackers, Coach Greg Harris. And, Coach, it's great to have you here. We are familiar a little bit with you from when you were on the opposing sideline with North Greenville a couple of years ago. Yes, sir. What are your thoughts on your opportunity here at Kennesaw State? Oh, I think it's just a great opportunity. I've been so impressed with Coach Bohannon and what he's built here from the ground up. Uh, certainly, I got to see it firsthand when we came down here and played the Owls, and I uh, was certainly impressed. I thought they played hard, they played tough, that, that eat mantra, that effort, that attitude, that toughness really stood out to me, and I was certainly excited about the opportunity to join that, that family. When you get that call, what is that call like from Coach Bohannon about joining this uh, coaching staff? I was ecstatic. You know, my wife and I, we talked about it, we prayed about it, and uh, we had made the decision that if we got that phone call, we were going to make the jump. And uh, it's always hard to leave family and friends and relationships we've built up, but just this opportunity to join a program like Kennesaw State was just, it was one I couldn't pass up at all. What were your impressions before you got here? I mean, it's not a real common thing that a program going into its sixth year as a contender essentially every year and really was a contender almost right out of the box. I mean, it's a hard thing to win football games. I've been around FCS programs that haven't won a championship in 100 years. And it's just one of those really rare combinations of things that's happened here. But what are your impressions of kind of the meteoric rise of this program before you got here when you're just a, a guy that's a football coach that knows the game well that's on the outside? Yes, sir. So just from afar, you're certainly impressed because – being a football coach, you know the days in, sure. day out struggles that it takes just to just to get a football team to the field. And then for the to have the success that Kennesaw State's had is just a testament really to the administration, the support that they've provided here, Coach Bohannon and what he's done, his leadership, his guidance. And then, you know, I was I told I was Coach Bohannon and I were talking this morning how impressed I was with the other coaches, the assistant coaches, the family atmosphere, the camaraderie, how they all work together. And that is evident anybody would know that from afar just from the success they have because that does that stuff doesn't happen it takes a lot of grit determination and hard work so you knew that was in place and and I'd heard about that too you hear that Kennesaw's got a reputation the Kennesaw football's got it they're, they're tough tough dudes and uh, they play hard they play fast they play physical and uh, I could see it on film getting ready for them obviously it, when they're in the playoffs and get a chance to, I'm a football junkie I like to sit down and watch yeah. football and you know having a chance I remember watching them play Walford and that that's you know just that slugfest of a football game being up there in the upstate of South Carolina and knowing the guys on that staff as well just again I knew what I, the opportunity that was uh, presented to me was a great one, it, but it's certainly been impressive what 
Coach Bohan and the administration here and the coaches and players have done from the ground up. In a micro sense, we always talk about players having to join in on a locker room, you know, getting used to, you know, different players that may have different philosophies or seen different things. In a macro sense, coaches have to do the same thing. You have to walk in to a room filled with other coaches who, you know, one you coached against and you may have other relationships with, but in a sense, you have to merge philosophies and things like that. How are you finding that transition into what you know as a coach to what Kennesaw State is from a coaching standpoint? Yeah, so uh, coming in anytime, obviously you're the new guy and you don't want to rock the boat because obviously what they've done has worked. What you hope to bring is some ideas and some philosophies that maybe they've worked for you, but at the same time, they've done such a great job. I just wanted to learn and submerse myself. Um, again, as I mentioned before, the coaching staff has been phenomenal here and it was just, they've all welcomed me with open arms. And I, when I came down and interviewed, you know, I knew that was going to be the determining factor. How did I feel when I set foot on campus around those other coaches? And from the day when I interviewed, I knew right away this is a place I could be. This is a place if I had the opportunity, I would come because of the way the coaches made me feel. And it's been great. We've, we've got a great camaraderie. We all work together well. Um, obviously, you're learning everybody's you know little tendencies and things, how they like to operate and how they like to do things. And I'm just trying to get in line and, and pull my piece of the rope. What are your thoughts on the group that you more or less inherit? It doesn't hurt to have an All-American in there with Bryson Armstrong and you know, guys like Kareem Taylor. This is a very talented group, and they've just added more new pieces to that group what are your thoughts on the group as you sit here just a couple of weeks in it's it is a, it's a very the the three linebackers the sam the mike and the will chance kareem and bryson it's an impressive this group as i've seen um really appreciate their effort their attitude they've welcomed me with open arms. that's hard too you know especially the room i'm in they've had three coaches in three years and that's tough and that's you know so i have to earn their trust but they've They've trusted me, and that I, I have appreciated that immensely, how amazing they have been as far as welcoming into the room and what they've done for me. But as far as a talent standpoint, it's, it's phenomenal. It's as good a group of, as I've ever coached. We've got some young guys we've got to develop, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm here for is to help develop some of those younger guys and find guys that can play roles and be those guys, the next guy to step in. But as far as those first three guys that you mentioned, it was, it's an impressive group. And how cool is it, and we, we sing Bryson's praise, is a lot. He's a, effectively a coach on the field, and sometimes people use that as a derogatory term, but he just sees the game different from that linebacker position, so how is it for you that you're able to tap in on him, especially if you throw on film from a game of last year, you can look and be like, what was going on there? Not from his sp- position standpoint, or the position group standpoint, but from all 11. Yeah, no, he's got, he's certainly got a high w- football IQ. He understands the football game. He understands how his piece fits into the 11-piece the puzzle but he also understands how the other pieces work together. And I've been impressed, uh, along with Bryson, Kareem, very similar, you know, that guy who plays on that wheel linebacker, which is almost a mirrored position of what Bryson does. He does it to the boundary. And I've been equally as impressed with him understanding and being able to bring some of the younger guys along. But it has been, it's been a huge bonus to be able to come into a room with, with an All-American like that and a proven player in Kareem. It's, it's, that certainly and they're everywhere on the field. Yes. <laughs> Every play, they're everywhere. Yes, yes. Coach, we welcome you to Kennesaw State. Thank Obviously, you. we appreciate you coming over and taking it. It's a little easier to come indoors to do this with us after you've been standing out right. in the rain all afternoon. But welcome to Kennesaw State. Thanks for coming and spending some time with us, and we'll look forward to seeing a lot more of you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Be Jay and I will come back with some final thoughts during this episode after this timeout. Inside the Nest is presented by HelloFresh, and you're listening to Kennesaw State University Football.
Hey, if you're looking to solve your dinner dilemma and are interested in the concept of meal kit delivery, HelloFresh is your go-to for healthy eating, sustainability, simplicity, and affordability. HelloFresh delivers perfectly portioned meals, including calorie-smart and vegetarian options, as well as plans for specialty diets like keto, vegan, and gluten-free. HelloFresh offers a variety of plans that aren't just healthy for you, but also the environment. HelloFresh is trusted by millions as an easy, fun, and affordable way to cook. With more five-star reviews than any other meal kit delivery service, HelloFresh was also voted number one best meal delivery service by USA Today. To check out our affordable plans and learn more about healthy eating made simple, go to HelloFresh.com today. After another record-breaking year and a third straight trip to the FCS playoffs, season ticket renewals are now open for the 2020 Kennesaw State football season. The Owls are the most successful five-year startup program in college football history and join national champions North Dakota State as the only FCS programs to post 11-plus win seasons in each of the last three years. In just five seasons, Kennesaw State has turned into a perennial top 25 program. Take advantage of your opportunity to renew your season tickets today. The 2020 schedule features six home games as Kennesaw State goes for its third Big South Conference title in the last four years. Along with creating lower ticket prices and a new benefits chart, the goal is to provide additional value for loyal season ticket holders and give fans the option to renew their same seats at a lower cost or upgrade into better sections or premium areas. To renew your season tickets or to be put on a waiting list to buy new ones, go to ksuowls.com tickets or call 470-KSU-OWLS. First and goal, they have it at the eight-yard line in motion, starts Ficklin right. Here's Tommy following blockers, end zone, touchdown, Tommy Bryant. And we're back for the final time inside the nest here on this spring ball edition of the Inside the Nest podcast presented by HelloFresh, Brian Giffen, Brandon Joseph. And we want to say thanks, of course, to Danny Verpale and Greg Harris for coming in and spending some time. It's a little bit of a defensive theme to this one, but plenty of spring ball left. And we're going to have another one of these, and we'll take the other look when we come back for the next one. But, BJ, we talked a little bit about this in the opening segment of this podcast, that the hope with high expectation and all that stuff comes pressure. But there was a coach that once said pressure is privilege. And when you're expected to be good, there's a certain amount of privilege in that, but you also have a lot to live up to. Yeah, but I think this team has been playing with pressure dating back to midway last season. Definitely after the Monmouth game, this team had pressure on it. that yeah. You could not have a slip up or else you weren't going to be playing further than that. And I think just how well this team rose to the occasion facing adversity and this is more the way I look at it as a continuation from the midway point of last year yeah guys will be different there'll be different names we're calling out but the philosophy is still the same it's pressure packed football and it's going to start against point and it's going to carry back to <laughs> to Kent play State. Kent State yep. and that is something I think a lot of players have that circled because Kent State was an opportunity I think to define their season and then once that went away I, I think they players got lost and hung up on that moment and the loss in that game but it took them a little bit of a while to get refocused and realize we still have everything that we want that we need to play for moving ahead so going back to the original point this is a continuation of what was built last year with just different pieces don't look now but the big south is continuing to improve and Recent development, North Carolina A&T will join the conference for the 2021 season, I believe. But the point is that you know you add North Alabama, which is a tradition-rich program that's making the jump to the FCS level, 
Now you're going to add North Carolina A&T. Suddenly the Big South doesn't look like uh, one of those conferences everybody considered it to be for so long. Yeah, and I think Kennesaw State proved that point going and playing Wofford. Remember the selection show, you hop on, you know, media after and leading up to it, does Kennesaw State deserve to be in? Yeah. What does Kennesaw State this, that, and the other? And then playing Wofford and winning that game. And everybody – Weber State all they could handle, too. Everybody had to go back to their keyboards. Their keyboard warriors had to go back and say, we were wrong about Kennesaw State. And then you have that opportunity now to continue coming out of the gate and to build on that. I think the word is out on Kennesaw State, and that's a great thing for this program because you know you're going to get everybody's best effort. And I don't think this is anything, you know, we see from the coaches that they fear that. They welcome that. They want that. So it's going to start against Point, and it's going to go on through the season. You're going to get Point University's best effort. And if yeah. you don't show up on that game, you may lose that game. Yeah. So you have to be ready from – kick off to the first game until the clock expires on the final game of the season. Hopefully that final game is in Frisco, Texas on a Saturday before the national (laughs) championship game. The other thing that was added or a news bit that came out just in the last couple of days, Kennesaw State will now play University of Cincinnati, that being in 2022, that at Cincinnati. So another FBS opponent, another another one in Ohio. But again, you know, you're starting to climb up and take on opponents of a little bit stronger caliber. Yeah, that, that's the thing, too. You want to get these games. You have Georgia Tech coming up on the schedule. You get a Cincinnati. That's huge for building the program. That's huge for exposure. That game, most certainly the Tech game and the Cincinnati game, those are going to be games that are on more linear television yeah. options to be seen. So that's huge for the university and what they want to build Kennesaw State into a national brand. Well, we have enjoyed being here, and we're going to tell you we're going to do another one of these before spring ball wraps up. And, of course, the spring game here at Kennesaw State will take place on March the 24th. That's a Thursday night. By the way, it's free to the public if you want to come out. But we will have a web broadcast of that game for you as well. It's really, you know, it's not like you're really doing a play-by-play broadcast in a traditional sense. It's a little bit more of a two-hour talk show where you're looking at a lot of exciting young players, and I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I volunteer to be on the field with a headset and a microphone just interviewing players as the play's going on. Deal. If they'll have you, we'll have you. I'll just stand right next to Coach (laughs) Bohannon as they're playing. Yeah. Hey, shout-out again to Nathan McCreary, who just moved and has been wrapped up in a couple other things, so not able to be here today, but... I appreciate you being here. We hope to have you on with us more for these Inside the Nest pieces in 2020, schedules permitting. You know what makes Nathan a great friend? He didn't ask us to help him move. Yeah, yeah, you got a point there. He's moving. He didn't ask for help. And I even reached out to him about doing this podcast today, and he told me he was in the middle of moving and unpacking, and he didn't mention a word. That's why he's a great friend. Yeah, Nathan, you're the man. Well, that'll about do it for this episode of Inside the Nest. I want to say thank you, as always, to... David Bell of the KSU communications staff for coordinating our guests and for giving us the opportunity to come out and present Inside the Nest for you here at Kennesaw State University. Presented by HelloFresh, this is Inside the Nest, Brian Giffen, Brandon Joseph, and you're listening to Kennesaw State University football. Thanks for listening to Inside the Nest. Tune in all year for insights and analysis on the 2020 Kennesaw State Owls. Inside the Nest is a production of KSU Athletics, Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment, and HelloFresh.